Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios Chico Live Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening, where we have the opportunity from one week to the next to discuss the life and thought of one Pope Francis. And as I do each and every Wednesday, I have Bob Cross with me. So, Bob, as always, it is great to have you with me. Great to be here, Joe. Thank you. So, Bob, uh, it is a week like this that I am grateful, uh, humbly (laughs) grateful, to be able to talk about where Pope Francis is in the news. Because in the last 24 to 36 hours, I have spent more time on the phone uh, than I can remember. And really, it it is about where Pope Francis is in the news. More specifically, uh, Bob, what's going on with this synod, the synod on the family that we have uh, been talking about. The reason why I have been on the phone is because, once again, Bob, we have some secular drive-by media uh, misreporting information. That being said, (laughs) the secretariat of this synod maybe could have uh, phrased certain things a little better. Uh, Bishops were critical, and maybe justifiably so, But as we are going to talk about this evening, what the Secretariat was talking about of the Synod on the family, what the bishops are talking about right now as we speak, is a working document. I think part of the confusion out there, Bob, came from the fact that uh, there was an understanding that uh, a statement made by the Church yesterday was definitive, when in fact, maybe the most important thing we can say on air this evening is that statement uh, was a reading of a working document. Just in the last 24 to 36 hours, some of the language in that document is already being revised. At the very least, it's being discussed in how to revise it. So you can already get a sense what was being discussed on Monday. It is already changing because that's the nature of of what a synod is all about. It's interesting. Uh, You had asked the question last week, Bob, you know, what makes this synod unique? And my response was, well, in 2014, the family is dealing with a whole array of uh, new issues in the way we see the family. Truth doesn't change, but how that truth is applied and how we pastor people into that truth is what is being looked at. So, Uh, The statement made on Monday simply uh, was a statement of uh, what the Church is using as a working document, and uh, I think collectively, Bob, we could say the confusion comes in out from my conversations in the absence of of what a synod is. Going back to last year, on October 8th, 2013, Pope Francis announced that this month, in October 2014, there would be what we call an extraordinary general assembly of the Synod of Bishops on topics related to the family and evangelization. Subsequently, communications made clear that the extraordinary general assembly would be followed by an ordinary general assembly of the Synod of Bishops in October 
2015. So what exactly is a Synod of Bishops? So when we talk about the, the Synod of Bishops, what we are talking about is, Bob, a permanent institution of the Catholic Church. It was established by Pope Paul VI in 1965, um, shortly after the close of the Second Vatican Council. And the whole idea there, Bob, was um, to continue the spirit of communion among the bishops that was present at the Council. So collectively, the Synod is an assembly of bishops from around the world who assist the Holy Father, who assist the Pope by providing counsel on important questions facing the Church in a manner that preserves the Church's teaching and strengthens her internal discipline. Preserves, um, that might be a key word there, I would think, then, right? Very much, because what the media is reporting, Bob, is that uh, you know the, the Church has changed her stance on cohabitation, uh, homosexuality, and these other issues, contraception, when in fact, it's more about how to bring people to a deeper understanding of these issues, especially those who are struggling with it. So it's, it's a permanent institution, okay? Um, but then how often is a pope going to call a synod? Well, it comes at the request of the Holy Father when he considers it necessary or opportune to consult with the world's bishops. We mentioned it last week, Bob, that it's 2014, and we live in an age where we need to understand that the family is at the heart of the new evangelization. So in the spirit of that, Certainly, it was time for Pope Francis to, to call the bishops together and say, hey, we have to start talking about how to bring the family back together. And so this is why he has called for an extraordinary uh, assembly. Okay, so this one is an extraordinary mm-hmm. synod? Yes, yes. And are there other names for synods? Yeah, so the Synod of Bishops can meet in a general assembly on topics that pertain to the entire church these kind of sessions can be either ordinary or extraordinary. An ordinary General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops uh, is called ordinary if its topic is for the good of the universal church and seems to require the learning, prudence, and counsel of all the world's bishops. An extraordinary General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops, that which is going on right now, is called extraordinary when it is convened to deal with matters which require a speedy solution and which uh, demand immediate attention for the good of the entire church. Again, Pope Francis well understands, as did his predecessors, really, that the family is the cell to society. And before societies change, families must first change, Bob. And that is why uh, certainly Pope Francis sees this as very important. Okay, and, and who, how does this actually uh, run? How does a synod operate? Who's in charge? Well, okay, so the president of the synod is whoever the cur- current Holy Father is. And so this is, of course, Pope Francis. Now, the synod also has a general secretary who uh, is currently, and I think we quoted him last week, Cardinal Baldessari. Now, what's important here to understand is as they are the heads, they come together in the spirit, uh, again, of collegiology, Bob. So we are talking about over 100 bishops coming together throughout the world, along with some laity. Uh, In this case, Bob, uh, six couples came to express uh, their their concerns about, uh, you know, where the church is at today, and, and moreover, their concerns about the absence of 
proper guidance and bringing families into uh, this part of the church. So uh, this is what it looks like. I think it would be very important to note that the theme of this synod is the pastoral challenges of the family in the context of evangelization. That in of itself, I think, says something, Bob. The pastoral challenges of family in the context of evangelization, because this is not a synod that is going to change a teaching of the church as much as it is a synod that is going to look at the challenges, if you will, facing the church today. Yeah, and this, um, so that's the, the theme for this extraordinary session. Have there been other extraordinary uh, session synods? Yeah, we had two, uh, certainly one in 1969 and the other in 1985. In fact, in the synod in 1985, in the extraordinary synod, there's a lot of similarities. Last week we talked about this freedom of expression. Uh, one of the things being talked about in the news right now as it relates to the um, statement, the document being read on Monday, was this, this principle of gradualness, that bringing people slowly into the faith so as to come to better understand the faith. It's being flipped upside down by some as if the law will gradually change. No, it's, it's understanding that people have to be gradually brought into the spirit of truth um, pastorally. We saw this in 1985, Bob, and it really came in the spirit of that freedom of expression. Last week we talked about the freedom of expression. Um, there was an open floor, and a lot was to be talked about, and uh, there was some confusion about, you know, what, what's going on, what's being said. But in the end, that synod in 1985, 30 years ago, uh, didn't have the bells and whistles that today, I believe, has had because of uh, social media. You know, John Paul II wrote his document, and uh, that was the end of it, <laughs> you know. So yeah, there have been two extraordinary uh, General Assemblies uh, in 1969 and 1985. I understand this is an extraordinary session of the Senate of Bishops, but, and talked about the title of this, but, but I mean, what is the purpose? And I, I keep coming back to this explanation you gave about, you know, um, a kind of a speedy solution, which makes it more extraordinary. So what is the purpose of, of, of a Senate, actually? Yeah, anytime we use the language of speedy within the context of the church, <laughs> that can lend to some confusion. <laughs> An extraordinary general assembly convenes to really define the current situation and to collect the bishop's experiences and proposals in proclaiming and living the gospel of the family in a credible manner. I mean, this is what this, this synod is about. Now, here's the thing. Bob, and I think this is so important. Uh, next year, we have the ordinary uh, General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops. What this ex extraordinary General Assembly is really preempting. So they're going to come up with a document at the end of this Synod, which concludes on October 19th and with the beatification of Pope Paul VI. And that document is all but a preparatory document for the Synod next year. Okay, Next year, they are going to meet uh, for a period of three weeks in October. And after the conclusion of next year's Synod, Bob, what they're going to do, uh, Pope Francis will be given initiatives, and he is going to write a post-Synodal Apostolic Exhortation. And I think that is the document that we're looking for. So you say, well, where's the speedy response? Well, 
The document that they will come up with at the conclusion of this synod will be a document that they will discern over the course of a whole year. Now, again, speedy, a year, is that really speedy, Joe? Well, the church always moves slowly for a reason, and I believe it is in wisdom that she does so. So often today, we just want a resolution. But this is the universal church, Bob. Remember, the word Catholic means universal. She is shepherding over 1.6 billion Catholics. So she has to be sure when she puts pen to paper that those words are bringing everyone into the spirit of truth. This is no easy thing. So yeah, a year in in church's terms is quite speedy. (laughs) Um, And of course, out from the synod next year, out from those three weeks, yeah, again, Pope Francis will be given a set of initiatives and he will write his exhortation as, oh, by the way, he did with joy of the gospel, right? I mean, joy of the gospel is an exhortation that came out of a synod on the new evangelization. So in many ways, his next door's exhortation on the family is going to be a postscript to what we have been talking about for the last eight months in joy of the gospel. So all very relevant when we are talking about the language of a synod and what this synod has to do with, you know, with us today. Yeah, and I've, I read in an article here a while back that this is, you know, I ask speedy, and you're right, the church has never been accused of being speedy, um, that this, um, this synod, this extraordinary session, is, um, and the ordinary session next year, has been something that's been planned for for a long time um, by the church. And, and Pope Francis is very, very much looking forward to this. So I guess you could say that this next word is an exhortation. I guess it'll be on the family, correct? Yeah, it, and, it and will a re- be. relationship to the new evangelization mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. already it's it's a work in process. I mean, he's already probably panning much of what he would like to see in and around these uh, these documents that are coming from the uh, the cardinals, the bishops. Yeah, I would say what he's probably doing right now is calling upon the Holy Spirit and jotting down notes. Yeah, mm-hmm. because he's going to respect the Spirit working in the Synod itself, both this Synod and the Synod next year. Um, Pope Francis is not going to work in any preemptive way. And again, I I could never say enough that this Synod has come together to preserve the truth, to continue to preserve the truth, but to look at that truth and to say, okay, let us ask a new question. How can we bring people into that truth in the year 2014 without betraying truth itself? Um, that the church has never shied away from that, in spite of what we are hearing in just not secular circles, but but even in other Christian circles. We have to be careful not to jump the gun. You know, I, I loved a piece that uh, Father Robert Barron offered up, and I just wanted to read this, and I think this to be very relevant, of course, to our discussion. He says this, One of the great mysteries enshrined in the ecclesiology of the Catholic Church, and the word ecclesiology simply means the study of the Church, is that Christ speaks through the rather messy and unpredictable process of ecclesiastical argument. The Holy Spirit guides the process, of course, but he does not undermine or circumvent it. It is precisely in the long, laborious sifting of ideas across time and through disciplined conversation that the truth that God wants to communicate gradually emerges. He goes on to give examples of this. 
Uh, Simply look at the accounts of the deliberations of the major councils of the church. You can start with the Council of Jerusalem, you know, that we read in Acts 15, huh? All the way through the Second Vatican Council of the 20th century. In every such gathering, argument was front and center. And consensus evolved only after lengthy and often acrimonious, as Father Barron puts it, debate among the interested parties. You can, uh, Bob, read John Henry Newman's colorful history of the Council of Nicaea in the 4th century, and you'll find stories of riots in the streets and the mutually pulling of beards among the, the disputants. You can pick up one of the great theologian Kungar's very entertaining diary of his years at Vatican II. And you'll learn of his withering critiques of the interventions of prominent cardinals and rival theologians. You can peruse one John O'Malley's history of the Council of Trent. And you'll see that early draft statements on key doctrines of original sin and justification were presented, debated, and dismissed long, Bob, long before final versions were approved. So what's important for us to see is that what's taking place right now in Rome is not uncommon historically to how the church works through something so as to better come to understand what it is that they are dealing with. And in this case, of course, it is how to better shepherd families for the new evangelization. Well, you know, I've I've been kind of following following this for the last couple of weeks, and it's good to hear all this and to get these more definitive explanations, because um, one thing that I've noticed, and coming from a business background myself, if, if you know, there are times when you get together at conferences or seminars or even even general meetings within a corporation where you get together and you can throw out a bunch of ideas. You have an agenda. You have a general purpose and a theme. You throw out these ideas. Everybody who's participating, you know, airs some of their opinions on those things, and you kind of break into small groups. That's exactly what. The Senate has been doing. Um, the bishops, the cardinals, they all had an opportunity, or many of them had an opportunity to get up and express themselves on certain issues as it relates to the family and the overall topics and themes. And then I, I read that they you know, were breaking into smaller groups where they're actually going to roll up the sleeves and do some of the work. So, you know, by no means can you come in halfway through a business conference or a, you know, extraordinary session of a Senate and expect to definitively get something that's a work in progress. As we keep saying, it's, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, it's, uh, and the work in progress is not to change church's teachings. It's mm-hmm. to preserve, as you defined in the very, very beginning, what a synod is really all about. It's to preserve teachings and deal with challenges mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. world today. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to see how someone like at CNN can immediately want to try to you know, uh, pigeonhole or to, you know, back, uh, you know, uh, Cardinal Belisario into a corner, you know, into a corner, or, mm-hmm. you know, and try to get them to say something about a hot topic to get a headline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob, you know, as it relates to that secular drive-by media, uh, trying to uh, take one thing or two things and presenting them as they are not, um, I-, I tell you what, though, I, the Holy Spirit uses this. Because it piques our interest in a different way. For example, I got a phone call yesterday, Bob, where someone was watching CNN, uh, someone who would have not typically been tapped into by her own admission into what's going on with the Synod, was now asking me a question on the Synod. And we got into a great conversation. 
We would not have gotten into this conversation if she wasn't watching CNN and this, this explosive headline. So God uses all things at his disposal. And to a degree, to a degree, Bob, I will say that the Holy Spirit allows these things for a reason. You know, I think we talked about this with the movie Noah. You know, for many, it was so disruptive to the actual narrative. But hey, I cannot remember a time where I had an opportunity to talk more about Genesis chapter 6 to 9 than I did <laughs> after that movie. It's unconventional. It's unexpected. It's not how we typically think. But remember Isaiah 55, God's ways are not our ways. And if it's about getting our attention on this synod, we ourselves need to be equipped to know what this synod is, is about. And I tell you what, Catholics are being caught off guard and oh, I don't know what this synod is about. And now they're going to CNN. No, 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 no. We have to go <laughs> no, please to don't. Yeah, <laughs> we have to go to the good source. You know, go to newadvent.org, go to Catholic News Agency, uh, go to the Vatican website, go to these sources, the usccb.org. Um, and go to these websites and you will be well informed. In fact, our brief discussion on what a synod is was primarily drawn from the USCCB uh, website. So, yeah, I know a bit provocative, but uh, something to think about. Because in the end, if someone now is understanding what this synod is about, hey, you know, that's a good thing. If they are now vesting time uh, to get to know uh, what these bishops are discussing, good thing. Good thing, because all of this, all of this that we are talking about right now, we're not going to have any full disclosure on what's being talked about until not next week, but a year from next week. And even then, the document itself probably won't be published until 2016. So lots of time. And in, in the time of the church, <laughs> that is speedy, by the way. <laughs> right? So, uh, Bob, we don't have a lot of time left, but I thought we could speak a little bit to where we ended last week as it relates to joy of the gospel, because I think it applies directly to what we are talking about now. And that's this, you know, stop warring among yourselves, that subsection in joy of the gospel where Pope Francis says, stop warring among yourselves. Important. Yeah, it's, you know, we we had got into this discussion about in today's world and social media and Facebook and likes and dislikes and and how you can um, gain, you know, a certain amount of affirmation, uh, depending on where you want to go and find other people who you think feel the same as you do. Um, because you don't want to necessarily have to deal with the people who may have a little different opinion. It goes into that warring. I mean, mm -hmm. we we even try to insulate ourselves ourselves um, and surround ourselves with our particular, you know, social media of choice as a means of being able to, again, um, only hang with people that feel or see exactly the things that we do, mm -hmm. um, or at least we think they do. Mm -hmm. At least they do so as far as, you know, the computer's concerned. And, you know, it's really created this issue that I think allows for the warring by virtue of, you know, hey, I'm safe behind my computer screen. Mm -hmm. It's sterile, it's easy, and mm -hmm. I can always turn it off. And secondly, um, it, it allows us um, an opportunity to be able to just distance ourselves really from any kind of a real true interaction mm -hmm. with human beings. Yeah, I like that word insulation used there, Bob, very relevant to this synod itself. You know, we like, dislike on Facebook, and in doing so, we don't engage the dialogue. That's the bottom line. And that's what's so good about this synod. 
whether we think so or not, you can be assured they're dialoguing because even from Monday to Tuesday, language has been changed. And this is a good thing. We talked about the assemblies in 69 and 85. They were doing the same thing. And again, the councils going all the way back to the first council in Jerusalem, all the way up to and through Vatican II. The same thing. This is what Father Barron was talking about. Because in that question answer, in that very real dialogue, do we discover truth? And, you know, you don't have to accept it, but in reality, that the truth is there to be discovered. And so this is why the church operates in the manner that it does. Lest, <laughs> Bob, we insulate ourselves. You know, we're just going to focus in on our way because our way is the right way. And we, we become very uh, close-minded and nearsighted in that way. And then it lends itself to all sorts of uh, sinful behavior, I think. Because then that's where you get into the, the gossip. That's where you get into the gossip. And, and certainly when you talk about gossip, you're talking about that idle conversation that only breaks down the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. And uh, if this synod is to do anything, it is to build up the kingdom of God. You know, if the church and her mission of the new evangelization is to do anything, it is to bring people into that built-up kingdom of God. So uh, I thought a very important point to bring into this discussion, because if we don't stop warring among ourselves, if we do not open ourselves up to truth, uh, then we will never realize uh, the beauty that God has called us to in a living relationship with Him. And and, and that would be tragic. And so, uh, by the grace of God, go all of us this day. Um, so, Bob, just by way of summary, as I'm looking up at the clock, and, and we are all but out of time, the work of the Synod of Bishops is to take place in two stages, forming a single organic unity. And it is the extraordinary General Assembly that could be understood in a certain sense— as a preparatory step for the ordinary General Assembly. At the extraordinary General Assembly, the bishops will define the current state of the family and challenges that face it. At the ordinary General Assembly, the bishops will formulate pastoral guidelines to respond to those challenges. Those guidelines are what is given to Pope Francis, if he uh, is God willing with us next year, and then he will pen an exhortation and all the bishops will have those guidelines, and they will be made to implement them within their diocese. That's what's at the heart of it. We'll call upon the Holy Spirit. We need to be praying for these bishops. We need to be praying for all those present at the Synod. So as we wrap up this program in prayer, we pray alongside all those who are praying for the Synod. Uh, let us close in a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.